0: welcome to the axe church uk weekly podcast we hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message enjoy Good morning church uh, so glad to have you guys worship along with us uh and uh you know we, we we are just so glad that you can be uh here as we celebrate jesus amen um you know uh if you are near the church welcome uh my name is dave and uh You know, it's my privilege to serve uh, as one of the pastors here. Uh, In Acts And uh, you know Please uh, don't be In a hurry after the service We would love to get to know you A little bit better Uh, So please stay back And uh, enjoy some refreshments On us Amen Uh, But for those of you Who have been coming Who have been joining us Both in person and online uh, You would know that We have been on this uh, Short series uh, Called Witnessing You know We want to become Better witnesses Because we said that You know If there's one thing We can't do in heaven We can sing uh, We can celebrate And we can definitely Eat in heaven Praise God Amen And all the hungry people say, Amen. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. But there's one thing we can't do. We can't preach the gospel because everyone in heaven would have heard the gospel. Amen. Uh, And so we we can't testify. uh, 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 We can't witness. uh, We can't testify. Don't get me wrong. But we can't witness. And so we said that while we are here on planet earth, we want to become better witnesses for Him. Uh, We want to be more confident. We want to become more equipped uh, in, in our ability to tell people about Jesus. And in the last couple of weeks, we've been going through different aspects of how how to become a good, effective witness for Jesus. Uh, we talked about getting our hearts right again, understanding what is the heart behind reaching out. Amen. It's not just to grow a, a church or any denomination. It is to reach people, you know, and it's to just be in tune with God and to be, you know, who God wants us to be. And we talked about how we ought to pray because uh, one of the most powerful things you can do uh, for is to pray that God will open up the eyes of another person. Amen. Uh, but we should also pray that God will give us more love for Him and so that... That we can love the people around us. Uh, and uh, last week, we talk about how uh, the consistency of our character is so important because we, we need to use our actions and actions do speak. And, and, and being consistent is so important. Uh, if you're not excellent, if you're not integrous, if you're not Christ-like, um, people won't be interested. Or let me put it this way. Christians, if your colleagues, if your housemates, if your mates, if your friends uh, can't even stand you Uh, on your weekdays? What makes you think they want to spend their weekends with you? Ouch! You know what I'm saying? And so the key towards inviting our friends to to participate in worship over the weekend, uh, uh, to to just you know to to just come to church and enjoy the fellowship. The key of unlocking that is with the power of the Holy Spirit to help us to be effective witnesses from on Monday to on Fridays. Amen. And, and so that was last week, but today we want to talk about testifying. So if you're taking down notes, the title of my message today is called Witness One Hundred and One because it feels like a class. And today we want to talk about Testify. Testify. Amen. Somebody say testify. 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 Amen. And uh, you know, testify, we, we, we know it by another name. Uh, we know it by reviews, right? <laughs> That's another way to testify. Google reviews, Amazon reviews, uh, movie reviews, um, uh, food, restaurant reviews. Um, basically, those reviews are people who have experienced it and just telling you what they have experienced. And a good review will make you want to check something out and a bad review will want to make you stay far away. And so we want to be people that when, when us were able to, to testify uh, of what God has done in our lives. And, and I'm going to give us a few scriptures to tell us that this, this is biblical. Amen. And so let's turn first of all to First Peter Chapter 3, verse 15. First Peter chapter 3, verse 15 uh, tells us that as believers, as Christians, uh, uh, to sanctify the Lord God in your heart, so, which means that to always have a pure heart and always be ready. Turn to your neighbor and say this, always be ready. Okay, this is not a Boy Scouts thing, right? Boy Scouts, that's like always be ready. That's one of your tag lines. Always be ready to give a defense To everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. A lot of times we read this scripture and our eyes focus on defense. And we think that, you know, part of evangelizing, we're going to give a defense. Give a defense. No, no, no. The focus is on the reason for the hope. In other words, when you share your story, when you share your testimony, you're just giving people a reason on why you have so much hope in your life. And, and this is something that as every Christian, God expects of us. Always be ready to give a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. This is just old English or saying that in a polite way. Amen? And so again, our, our, our character is so important. And so, the uh, uh, Apostle Peter reminds us that, hey Christians, hey believers, always be ready. When people ask you for a reason, why why do you believe the way you do? Well, why, why do you commit to the church the way you do? Uh, why do you live the way you do? Why, why, do you, uh, uh, why are you so different in a good way? Hopefully, they will say. And then we can give them a reason for the hope in our lives. Amen? And so, one thing that we got to understand about testimony is this. Our testimony should always inspire hope. Should always inspire hope. Amen? How how many know that there's different ways you can share things? And the way in which you share it will affect the way people receive it, right? If if, if I ask you, uh, you know, how was that musical that you just watched? And I said, okay. You know, you're going to be like, okay, he's saying okay, but he doesn't sound okay. In other words, when we testify, it should always inspire hope. So the way you share it, the tone in which you share it should be hopeful. Amen? It shouldn't be like, uh, why did I become Christian? <sighs> you know that doesn't inspire hope. And God wants us to have a, 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 you know hopeful conversations with our friends. That's what testifying is. That's what sharing about Jesus is. Let's turn to another scripture, First John chapter one three. Amen. So our testimony should be hopeful. First John chapter one three further teaches us that that which we have seen and heard. We declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. What we have seen, not what we have learned, not what somebody has taught us, what we have seen and heard. In other words, your testimony should be personal. Personal. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes uh, uh, we know people in our lives with such powerful testimonies that we can't help but share their behalf for example if you have somebody in your family that has been miraculously healed from cancer you want to share it right you want to go around going like oh is there hope for me and my mom just received a bad news oh don't be afraid you know my mom too received a bad news but she was healed now that is powerful but you know what's even more powerful a personal testimony Amen. And so what is good to share of different testimonies, it is also important because John here tells us what we have seen and heard. And so when you share your testimony, you're just sharing something personal. You're not trying to change people. You're just sharing something you personally have heard and personally have seen. You've personally experienced how God has moved in your life. You're sharing your personal encounter with God. And the beautiful thing about this, and we learned it in Holmes last week, is that when it's so personal, no one, no one can refute it. It's your personal story. And they kind of help, but, but listen. And that's a beautiful thing. Amen? And let's turn to one more scripture. Uh, John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31. Amen. John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31 says this, and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples uh, which are not written in this book. So Jesus did so much more. Every time people go like, can Jesus really help me in my exam? I said that, well, Jesus did so much more that's not written in the Gospel, so of course He can. Amen? And, and uh, Which are not written in this book, but these, all that was written in the Gospel of John, but all of these were written that you may believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in His name. The whole point of sharing the Gospel is to help people believe. And that's why in Acts Church, we have a theme. It's called Helping People Believe. That's one of our church taglines. We want to be a church that helps people believe. You see, a lot of times you're afraid. Oh, my, my friend had a lot of questions. Uh, what if I can't explain? You're not there to explain. You're there to help people believe. You're not, not there to help people understand. You're, help, you're there to help them believe through your personal story in a hopeful manner. That's what testimony is. Amen? And this is so powerful, and this is something that, that, you know, we've got to learn to just, just, you know, adopt into our lives. You know, and and to further help us uh, understand the power of the testimony, uh, I'm going to turn us to one more portion of Scripture. But before that, let me ask you a question. Let's say you have an opportunity um, to share the message of Jesus with someone really important. Uh, What if, what if? Um, one day um, you were invited uh, to have tea with Prince Charles, the future king of England. And, uh, you know, don't ask me how, just go with me, imagination. And uh, you receive an invitation and, uh, and, and Prince Charles says, come and tell me about your faith. How would you prepare for that meeting? How would you prepare for that meeting? Uh, would you go read up the Bible more, uh, or would you go and talk to your pastor and go like give me give me some give me some stuff give me some 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 you know some points some talking points uh, would you or maybe you think your pastor 's not smart enough so maybe you go to waterstones and you, or Amazon and you buy all the the books written by people who are smarter you know apologetics this and that and and maybe you'd be reading right would you would you do that come on be honest would, would you do that how many of you would, would, would go and say, you know what, I'm going to meet the king and all I'm going to do is share my personal testimony. How many of you will actually do that? Now, some of you are like, is this a trick question? It's not a trick question. I'm here to tell you that we don't have to imagine that much because in the Bible, there was a Christian who was given an opportunity to have an audience with a king. And And his life, it wasn't an invitation to have tea like what we talked about, but it was a It was an audience of a king where his life depended on it. And all he did was share his testimony. And this is not some uh, young Christian. This is a Christian in the Bible that a lot of theologians love and respect and people are still breaking down his writing, his teachings. The person is none other than the Apostle Paul, who in Acts chapter 26, and we're going to read Acts chapter 26, from verse 1 to 29, he had an audience with King Agrippa. Alright? And so a little bit of background as you turn there, Acts chapter 26. We're going to read the, almost the whole chapter, but not quite. So King Agrippa, uh, a bit of background information, is the grandson of Herod the Great. Herod the Great was the same King Herod that when Jesus was born, commanded for all the infants to be slaughtered. That, that evil King Herod. Alright? Alright? And his uncle was uh, King, you know, the other King Herod, um, who, you know, as you know, Law of Kings, they have a Herod, the first Herod, the second, that kind of thing. And uh, the, uh, his uncle was the one um, that that um, uh, um, that partnered up with Pontius Pilate to send Jesus to the cross, the very same, also, you know, uh, 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 evil Herod that sentenced John the Baptist to be beheaded. Right? And and this is um you know the third in the line of Herod. So his full name is actually Herod Agrippa. And so imagine that, right? So Apostle Paul was 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 brought into the courts of King Agrippa, whose family uh has a track record, a consistent track record by a wrong type of being enemies with God. And 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 you would think, right, that he would go in and maybe, uh, you know, God give me the anointing to perform a miracle right there. Because, you know, the, no, no, I, I need a miracle. You know, come on, let me pull a rabbit out of the hat and, and, and show King Agrippa that, that you are... No, instead he went and he shared his testimony. If it's good enough for Paul, it's good enough for you. If it's good enough for King Agrippa, your testimony is as powerful for your boss, for your parents, for your friends. Amen? So friends, don't underestimate. Turn to your neighbor and says, don't underestimate your testimony. Amen? So let's, let's read. Amen? Uh, Acts chapter 26, uh, verse 1 to 29. We're going to read. And then after that, we'll give you five points and then we're going to close. Is that okay? Um, then Agrippa said to Paul, you are permitted to speak for yourself. So Paul stretched out his hand. Wow. And answered for himself. I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because today I shall answer for myself before you concerning all the things of which I am accused by the Jews. So, Paul found himself in a similar situation as Jesus. The, 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 the Jewish religious leaders uh, have arrested him and want him to be sentenced to death, and uh, they're bringing him through the due process, which is to go to the local uh, uh, heads of state first before going to the Roman ones. and And so he's there, right? Uh, especially, Paul says, because you, King Agrippa, you are an expert in all customs and questions which have to do with the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to hear me patiently. My manner of life from my youth, which was spent from the beginning among my own nation at Jerusalem, all the Jews know. They knew me from the first if they were willing to testify. That according to the strictest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. And so, this is... Paul talking to him about how his life was like before knowing Jesus, right? And now I stand and I'm judged for the hope of the promise made by God to our fathers. To this promise, our 12 tribes earnestly, serving God night and day, hoped to attain. For this hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused by the Jews. Why should it be thought incredible by you that God raises the dead? Indeed, I myself thought I must do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. This I also did in Jerusalem. And many of the saints I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priest. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. And so he was talking about his past and the things he used to do wrong. He, he hated. He said, I, I too was a former Pharisee and I too hated Christians and this Jesus. And I did all these things. I locked them up and, and I, I, I cast my vote against them to be put to death. And I punished them often in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme so this is like a sneak peek into like the dark side of paul so imagine you know the bible sometimes says, and paul persecuted the christians but but he went to the synagogues and he compelled them can you imagine those of us who who know the bible you know that wow paul is like an expert theologian can you imagine paul before he was christian he would use his brilliance to cause you to blaspheme that means you cause you to renounce your faith he was an inquisitor, amen? And, and, and being exceedingly enraged against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. While thus occupied, as I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest at midday, O king, along the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we all had fallen to the ground, so he's here testifying, how he came to know God. And it wasn't just him, but others who traveled with him. And when we all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And so I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly mission. Uh, And vision. But declared first to those in Damascus and in Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea, then to the Gentiles that they should repent, turn to God and do works befitting repentance. For these reasons, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. Therefore, having obtained help from God, to this day I stand witnessing both to small and great, saying no other things than those which the prophets and Moses said would come, that the Christ would suffer, that he would be the first to rise from the dead and will proclaim light to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. Now, as he thus made his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are beside yourself. That means you are going insane. Much learning is driven you mad. But he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus but speak the words of truth and reason. For the king before whom I also speak freely knows these things. For I am convinced that none of these things escapes his attention since this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you do believe. Then Agrippa said to Paul, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me today, you see, when you are filled with God's love, you, you have no hate for people. Even the people that arrested him and, 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 and put him there, he says, even them, he, he, Paul wishes that they be saved. Amen? And and today might become both almost and altogether such as I am, except for these chains. Amen? And, and you can go on and read and, and, and it's amazing. From here, uh, I'm going to break it down to you for the sake of time. From verse 4 to first 11, Uh, You have Paul sharing um, his life before Jesus changed him. From verse 12 to verse 20, he focused on how Jesus changed him. And from verse 21 to 23, he talked about how his life was after Jesus changed him. And so that is also a biblical structure for how we should share our hopeful, personal uh, testimony. Amen? To help people believe. How do we help people believe? Share with them how your life was before you know Christ. Share with them how Christ has changed and is changing your life. And share some of uh, the fruits uh, from those changes. Amen? So you can see everything we teach you its biblical, right? And, and I, got, I got five points for us uh, to help us to, to become better witnesses and uh, to help us become more confident in sharing our testimony. So now you know, or The sharing should be hopeful. The sharing should be a personal story. Uh, the aim is to help people believe. Amen. And uh, you know, so- sometimes we need structure. Uh, how many of you uh, have been there before where you are telling a story, uh, but you lose your train of thought halfway through telling that story? How many of you have been there before? You know, you're talking, 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 and they go like, hey, hold on, uh, wh- where was I? You know, and, uh, and so knowing the structure of before Jesus... During Jesus, you know, and after Jesus, that helps us to structure our thoughts. I've got five additional points for you if you can hang in there. I promise I won't preach long. I know we have sports day today, um, but just bear with me. Point number one, one story. One story. All of us should have one story, one testimony, Uh, one story in the back of our pocket, one story, our go-to story to tell of how Jesus has changed our lives. I know a lot of us here, you're super Christians, you have many stories. Wonderful, wonderful. But focus on one story. Paul could have shared many things that he did, but he focused on one story. He focused on his story. He kept it hopeful, he kept it personal, and his aim was to help King Agrippa and others believe. And so, do you have one story, friends? Could I suggest, maybe make that one story how you came to know Jesus? You know, some of us here, uh, you, you you have a powerful story. Of how you came to know Jesus? Share that. Don't underestimate that. Amen. If Paul thought that the best weapon, the best weapon, the best arsenal he had, the best arsenal of faith uh, he had against the spiritual elites of his day, wasn't a theological debate. Wasn't going back to the Torah, but it was sharing his testimony, then sharing his one story, then I believe that your one story can also impact people. Amen? So, what is your story? What is your story? Amen? Share that. If some of you are going like, well, mm, technically, I, 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 was, I, I can't really have one story because I grew up in a Christian family, maybe some of you, you know. Praise God, you grew up in a Christian family, your parents know the Lord. So I grew up kind of like gradually going to church and then eventually making that faith personal. And so I'm not sure if there's there's one story. I, I, I challenge you to, you know, think back, remember back. Maybe there is a one story, even though it was a journey. But I believe that there is one story in there. Or maybe for you, it's another story. Maybe you're thinking that, oh, the way I came to know Jesus is, is pretty mundane. You know, uh, I used to think that way because I, I used to grow up hearing some pastor share, you know. I still remember there remember when I was a college student, uh, one time I heard this pastor say, you know, I, I used to sell drugs. Now I... I sell Jesus, you know. It's like, and, and, and he went on to tell about how like, he, he, would, he would get in trouble with the police and how he entered the prison and how he found Jesus in prison, how he was almost sentenced to death, but he prayed to God and, and God caused a technicality to happen so that they, they couldn't sentence him to death and so they sentenced him to 20 years and then he was released in 20 years and, he, and, and I was thinking like, well, I, I've never had drugs before. I don't smoke. I've never been to prison. You know, I, my story is so... No, no, no. Your story is not pathetic. Turn to your neighbor and says, your story is not pathetic. Amen? You have one story. And it doesn't have to involve drugs and prisons and rock and roll and women and sex. So It doesn't have to. Right? It, it, but there's one story. Maybe your story could be something personal. Could, it could even be a more recent testimony that is very near and dear to you. Maybe it, it's about how God provided uh, for your job and how God provided for your visa or how God healed you uh, uh, or heal your family member. And then that's powerful too. But church, let's all be people with one story. Always ready with one story. Amen? So the homework for this week, one story. Come back, not fictional story, okay? <laughs> True story. Amen? When you shower, how many of you love to think, shower thoughts when you shower? Don't raise your hands. Homework this week. Don't think about weird thoughts during shower. Think about your story and how Jesus saved you. Think about that. Amen. You know, I I used to think that my story was very boring. But upon thinking and rethinking and thinking, I realized that, wow, you know how God changed this insecure and shy boy uh, to become somebody who today is no longer afraid to share the gospel to, to people in the public. It's nothing but a miracle. And that's what your story is. It's your personal miracle. So this week, church, would you ask God, God, help me to remember again my personal miracle. I believe everyone here, if you know Jesus, you have a personal miracle in your life. Amen? And if you might be thinking, oh, mm, I don't think my life is full of testimony. Well, here's one way in which you can grow uh, the opportunities for testimonies in your life. Start trusting God. Start obeying the promptings of the Holy Spirit. You see, if you want to be blessed, um, you don't really have to do anything. You know why? Because God is good. God causes the rain to shine and the rain to, rain to shine. The sun to shine and the rain to fall. This is a test to see who's listening. To bo- on the Bible says, on both the righteous and the unrighteous. So God is good. Right? He blesses all. Uh, but to be a blessing, you need to be obedient. That's the difference. If you just want to be blessed, God will bless you. But if you want to be a blessing, then you need to obey all that God has commanded you. Obey Him in your finances and then see a testimony come out of that. Obey Him in the way you conduct your life and see a testimony come out of that. Obey in the way you honour your parents and see a testimony come out of that. Obey Him in in, in impurity and see a testimony come out of that. Obey Him in your habits and see a testimony come out of that. And it won't just be a testimony, it will be a testimony of blessing. Meaning that when people hear it, it will bless them. Amen? So one story. Second point, one minute. In other words, learn to share your testimonies, short and simple in a succinct way. And Paul did this. If you go back and read Acts, you will realize that when Paul... Um, was, um, you know, when he encountered Jesus, and not only did Jesus give him his life mission, but Jesus also caused him to be blind. And he was given instruction to go find a believer and ask the believer to lay hands on him so that he will see again. But do you see it included in the summary given to King Agrippa? No. So, he's not lying. He's just shortening it and he's trying to keep to the main point. And so a lot of times we have a testimony and by by the time we get to the introduction, our friend has gone. (laughs) You know, our friend has fallen asleep. You know, I have a bad habit of this. I can be long-winded. You know, so I'm trying to get better. And so, in your shower thought moments, think of your one story and when you thought of that, can you practice it for one minute? Amen? And that should also help you to have a shorter time in the shower. So, you know, think one minute, one minute. You know, because, you know, this is, this is, you know, so go like, okay, wow, God, because it's God is so powerful, and when He moves in your lives, so much has happened, you know, in, in the same way I look back at how Jesus impacted me, you know, and how he, he filled me, and how I encountered Him, and how I felt like a heavy weight lifted up from me, I've got so much details of, of the way God spoke to me, but depending on who I'm speaking to and depending on the time that I have, I have to summarise it. Uh, and because when people are interested, you can always invite them to hear more later. But we've got to learn, Christians, to, by God's anointing, to summarise our testimony. To focus on one aspect of our testimony so that we can share it in about one minute. In fact, if you go back and you read Acts chapter 26 and you just read what Paul said, you can finish reading in under a minute. Go back and do that. You have another Bible reading plan for this week. All right? Which brings me to my third point one theme. How do we um, summarize it to one minute by focusing on one theme? Paul chose to focus on the theme that Jesus, this Jesus in which he is preaching to live again is the culmination, is the fulfillment of the promise made, declared by the prophets from old since the time of Moses. Now last week we learned that God's desire to for us to bear witness to the world it, it, it is it's, it's part of the original promise that He made to Abraham. Amen? And, and so, the same. What is that one theme? When you look back how Jesus saved your life, what is that one theme? You know, it, it make that one focus on that one theme. Maybe that one theme is how God delivered you from anxiety. Maybe that one theme is how God uh, made you have a, a, a sense of love that you, you didn't have from your family. Maybe that one theme is how God delivered you out of a fear. Maybe that one theme is healing. Maybe that one theme is provision. Maybe that one theme is God's supernatural, but focus on that one theme. And that one theme, that one, you understand, you're all smart people, one theme, one point, and, and, and trust, amen? Always have one story with one point that takes about one minute to share. Can you imagine? You can share that while waiting for the bus. Because I know London buses take on average three minutes to arrive. You can share it on the tube if you're not travelling on the Northern Line because that's way too busy to talk. But every other line, <laughs> the Elizabeth Line, the DLR and all that, one minute between stations, you can talk. One minute, more than enough time in one minute during lunch break. One minute doing pantry chit-chat if you still go into the office. And maybe this is another encouragement. Maybe go into the office. Uh, Pastor, why should I go into the office so you can share your testimony? Otherwise, you're going to share it online, on social media. You know, and, and anyway. Point number four, one God. One God, right? Paul was focused on making it about Jesus. You see, sometimes when we share a testimony, we can unknowingly make it about us. You know? (laughs) And go like, and then I gave my life to Jesus and then I... And you know what will happen if you focus it too much on yourself? Not only do you become like the God of this story, but people can't be like you. People will walk away going like, Grace, wow, good for you that you trusted God in that way, but I can't be like you. But if you make the focus about Jesus and how He stepped into our problem, how He stepped into our lives, how He reached out to us, then we can say, the same way God reached out to me, He can reach out to you. All you need to do is ask Him. Do you see that? When you make the focus about Jesus, not only will your story be extra hopeful, it will also be extra powerful. Sometimes you make it about us. Right? Oh, if only you knew. No. And, and, and I've been there before. I've sat down with Christians and they've told me, oh, pastor, I used to be a famous gangster in Penang, you know. The police knew me by name. Okay. And then, and then for half an hour, we're still talking about his life as a gangster. <laughs> and, and, and some people can walk away with the testimony going like, so what did you learn? Oh, he used to be a gangster. <laughs> but that's not the point. People should walk away going, "Wow, God, God! While wow, God healed him, while wow, God provided for him, while wow, God, God filled him with love, while wow, God delivered him. Wow, Jesus! Wow, this Jesus! Wow, wow! Actually, I'd, What else? No. And 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 you know what will be, you know, echoing in this person's head the whole week? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. And that brings me to my fifth and final point. One by one. Paul says that his hope, you see, the beautiful thing about sharing or testimony is this, it's not our job to save the person, it's God. And, and Paul, even Paul was saying that, my hope is that all of you will become like me, or if you go back and read scripture, somewhat like me, almost like me. In other words, when we share a testimony, it's, it's, it's sowing a seed one by one. It's impacting a life one by one. You see, those of us who are Christians, if you truly look back at your life, even though your one story could be I had a very powerful encounter at youth camp. Wonderful. But if you look back at your life, if you truly look back, you realize that, that the sowing started before that camp, before that church meeting, before that book that you read. There were other Christians that were praying for you. There were other Christians that were sharing with you. There were other Christians who invited you. There were other Christians who fetched you to church. There were other Christians. What were they doing? It was just one sowing after another sowing after another sowing. You see, when you share your testimony, you see, once, let me put it this way, once you realize that it's not your job to change someone's life, doesn't it liberate you and free you to share your testimony more, because sometimes we think that only you think you're like Eminem in, in Eight Mile. You know, I only got one shot, one opportunity. You know, I, I can't choke or whatever, You know that that song. You know, and 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 you think that that's you. You only got you no know, one shot, one opportunity. You know, you know, or you watch Hamilton and they go, I don't want to miss my shot. Whatever it is, right? And, and so, I got to update my references. You know? I say Eminem, they would be like, huh? <laughs> Hamilton, okay? I'm not going to throw away my shot, okay? And so you think that, oh, I got this one shot, one shot, one shot. So, so you, you think that you need a nuclear bomb of a testimony. No, no, you, you, you need a mustard seed. And your mustard seed will be added to another person's mustard seed, and another person's mustard seed, another person's mustard seed. And little by little by little by little, will become more and more and more like Christ. Which is what Paul was trying to say. You almost had me, Paul. Well, yeah. Good that I almost had you. And I hope that more Christians will be brought before you. Well, I can't imagine. (laughs) If Apostle Paul was your pastor, he says that, I hope all of you will be as persecuted as me. Yeah, and some people think, Pastor, you should be nicer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apostle Paul... (laughs) You know, but the, the whole point is this. is little by little by little. Amen? Um, can I share this um, short story? It's not a testimony, but, but something I caught. And uh, I'm going to share this story and then we're going to close. Um, the, the fourth person to ever walk on the moon, right, we, don't, we, we know the first person, uh, Neil Armstrong. Um, the fourth person is this astronaut by the name of Alan Bean. Alan Bean. Not Mr. Technically, he's Mr. Bean. And he was on the Apollo 12 mission. He was both the pilot uh, and the fourth person to walk. Uh, and Apollo 12 was the second uh, moon landing mission, okay? Um, all those years ago. And so, after he came back, decorated, astronaut, amazing. People asked him, what, what was it like to walk on the moon? What was it like to fly to the moon? And then you know he said, you know, and he's a he's a he's he's a he's from the south Texan. So he's like, well, I I, I wish I could tell you how I got to the moon, uh, but I um, I never flew all the way to the moon. And then people go like, what do you mean you you, you walked on the moon? Yeah, but the the NASA technicians told me that. Um, to focus 15 minutes at a time. And so they gave us a job to do every 15 minutes. So every 15 minutes, we'll be doing something, and then 15 minutes later, we'll be doing another thing on the list, and then 15 minutes. And so, actually, we got to the moon 15 minutes at a time. And it's amazing because what he said is true. He's saying that Sometimes when we think about walking on the moon, flying to the moon, walking the moon, flying back, it sounds daunting. Share your testimony. Daunting. But but the, the, the scientists at NASA were so smart to break it down emotionally and psychologically for the astronauts. We give you a set task, 15 minutes. That means a takeoff. Okay. Upon takeoff, there are certain things you need to check. Check, 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 check. Takes 15 minutes to get the job done, Whew, you're done. Now, next page, the next task for the next 15 minutes. And all in all, do you know how long they spend on the moon? Just this is just on the moon. They spend 31 hours on the moon. But but Mr. Alan Bean was processing it 15 minutes at a time. In total, flying up to the moon, walking on the moon, coming back took the crew 10 days, 4 hours and 36 minutes and 25 seconds, which the astronauts broke it down in 15-minute intervals. What's the point? You see, if, if flying to the moon, the astronauts broke it down to 15, maybe your life story just focus one minute at a time, one story at a time, one person at a time. Seeing your friends come to know Jesus can feel like walking on the moon, as astronomical as that. You might even feel the odds of someone in your life being impacted by your testimony could be as astronomical as the chances of you ever going to the moon. But break it down 15 minutes at a time. Break it down one story at a time. Break it down one minute at a time. Break it down one theme at a time. Break it down one. And then when you do it one at a time, you know what's a beautiful thing? You get better at it. Practice, 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 practice. How do you get to the Olympics? Practice, practice, practice. How do you get to the World Cup? Practice, practice, practice. And so friends, would you start practicing Use your shower time, right? God give me that one star. Okay. Okay, I got one minute to share. Okay, how will I share it? Practice in your shower. If you can't sing in your shower, practice in your shower your testimony. But whatever you do, use your shower time for Jesus. Okay? If you can worship him, great. No, just make sure don't slip, okay? Otherwise, that can be another testimony as well. (laughs) But my hope is that we will be people. Amen. Don't be daunted, don't think it's impossible. But break it down. Amen? Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Help you to summarize. Help you to focus. Think think of one person. It's not a, a, a point, but why not? Think of one person this week that maybe you can share your testimony with. Amen? Think of one person you can pray for. Think of one. The power of one. Amen? And so, my hope... Amen. I hope that you understand, right? What what we're doing. One story, one minute, one theme, one God, one at a time. It's what Paul did. It's what Jesus did. Jesus went from town to town, talking to people, one story at a time. One parable at a time. One miracle at a time. One party at a time. Amen. I pray that God will help you this week to look back at how much He loves you and all that He has done for you, how He provided for you to be here, for the job, for the result, how He helped you to graduate, how He helped you overcome whatever you had to overcome, a heartbreak, a bad past, the abuse, everything. And, And ask God to help you to refine that story so that it can be this silver bullet, this magic bullet they can pierce the hardness of hearts and make them for the rest of the week go like, there's something about this Jesus. And then they meet another person who tells them one more story about Jesus. And, 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 and you know what will be? We'll be living out, I didn't give XTV this, um, we'll be essentially living out what was written in the Gospel of John. The last verse of the Gospel of John uh, John chapter 21, verse 25 says this, and there are so many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Amen. And, and, and when we live this out, friends, can you imagine your, your boss, you tell them your story. And then another Christian in their life tells them one story, one story, and then one story, and then one story, and then one story. And then this person goes I've been hearing all these stories about this Jesus and how He's so powerful and so real, and so loving, so personal. How can it be? And then the person reads this scripture that says that if, if, if all the acts of Jesus were written down, there will be not enough books. But I hope there will be enough lives to contain them. Would you be a life that will contain at least one story of how Jesus changed you, how He impacted you? Amen? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank You that You're so good and Your Word is so practical. And God will remind us again today that Your servant, uh, Paul, as brilliant as he was, as anointed as he was, he was led by you, Holy Spirit, to share His testimony in a court, in a trial of life and death. And God, while we might not face life and death every day, help us therefore not to underestimate how you've changed our lives and how that story can change other lives. And so God, if a testimony could get Paul out of a life and death situation, Lord, we believe that our stories can bring people from death to life. And so God, this week I pray, if that's you and you're saying, God, help me to be a person that always has one story about Jesus to tell. If that's you and if you desire that for your life. You could be, I don't know, you could be an engineer, a consultant, a doctor, but no, guys, every day we meet people. It could be a neighbour, it could be a friend. You know, we often are, by the grace of God, given opportunities to, to mingle, to play sports together, to eat together, to work together, to travel together. Lord, help us when we do that, not just... Talk about the weather, but to talk about you. And so, friends, if that's you and you desire God to make you His mouthpiece, would you would you just raise up hands of faith? I just want to pray for you. Right? Ever write your ad? If you say God, if you want God to help you teach you how to use your story, if you want the Holy Spirit to teach you how to use your story, if you want God to give you a story and help you to summarize it, to identify the right theme for the right person to be confident enough to eloquently share it in a hopeful, personal way in under one minute. That will lead to further interest. I know it sounds like a lot, but the key is the Holy Spirit. The key is the Holy Spirit. If that's you, why do you lift up your hands? God, you see these hands. God, we want to be your messengers. God, we want to be your messengers. God, we uh, don't want to let opportunities pass us by God help us first of all to have our eyes open to opportunities in our lives this week and the weeks and the months and the years to come um, help us Lord not just to talk pointless aimless talk when we're around people but help us to always have a story to tell Help us to always have one story of your goodness, one story of your salvation, one story of your healing, one story of your intervention, one story of your miracle, one personal miracle at our back pocket. Lord, we desire that. Lord, help us, Lord. Some of us already have that. Help us to to remember that. Help us to refine it. Help us to sharpen our tool so that we can use it for your glory. And God, we pray again Lord for that anointing to have that one story. And I pray for more than one but Lord, we will, may we always have at least one. That one story. That one theme to tell people about the one true God. Lord Jesus, help us to tell your story well